I care about statistical scarcity more than positional scarcity. Have I killed fun? Yes. Podcast is going off the rails already. They're they're pop ups. They're not infield fly balls. These guys told you to get fit by the RA. So wait for Kluber's sale, but pass on Robbie Ray. Hey, real quick, Scott's phoned about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal. Mount Rushmore. Welcome back, everybody. It is Thursday. We got a lot to talk about. We got two days of baseball to talk about, Scott White. Two days. Two days. That's what happens when you skip days, Adam. Yeah, senior skip day, I guess. Did you have senior skip day when you were in high school? I think that was a thing. I don't think I took part in it. Oh, come on, goody two-shoes. Yeah, well. What is that all about? Uh, that's me. That is you. You know, I, I was actually in senior year of high school. I was like, um, constantly looking for ways to rebel against what was considered the cool thing because I just got like tired of trying to be cool and always went the opposite direction. So it definitely sounds like something I would have done. Good for you. Intentionally you not skipping senior skip day. I remember my friend, uh, called in sick on senior skip day he wasn't sick and then we went to a place called grand prix which is like arcade roller coaster stuff and then he he was like oh i'm fine and then he came in to he met us there but he was he originally skipped senior skip day by faking an illness by playing hooky terrible story let's talk baseball um here's our tweet of the day and some of the things we're going to talk about today we got some bullpen stuff as always but also uh trevor story oh my goodness and Scooter Jeanette, great call by Scott. Victor Robles is up. Francisco Mejia is up. We'll talk about it all. Uh, tweet of the day, though, is from Andy Wilson. Where does Ronald Acuna get drafted next year? Feel like he has to be a top 20 pick. Whoo! I don't feel like he has to be. Yeah, I would that say seems, that. That seems kind of aggressive. Uh, I would say, I mean, obviously we still have three weeks to go, and he could slump those three weeks and completely change our perception of things. But the way things are looking right now, uh, you know, he's probably going to get drafted under the assumption he's going to take another step forward in his sophomore year, which is an assumption that has come back to bite us on many players throughout history, I should point out. Uh, but it, that's probably the way it'll go, and I th- guess that would probably mean fourth or fifth round for Ronald Acuna. In a 12-team league. Yeah, do you think he's gonna sophomore slump, or is he is he slump is he too good for that? I'm not sure yet. Uh, ask me again in three weeks. He, so the strikeout good. rate is still pretty high. I mean, he 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 requires a high BABIP to hit for the average he has, and obviously the home run pace he was on in August is not something he can sustain over a full season. So I. I kind of get the feeling his numbers right now are um, due for a correction, due to be pulled down a little bit. Not a ton, but a little bit. And uh, and and so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I'm going to have a lot of shares in him next year. But, of course, there's tons of upside. He's very young. 
and it could turn out great for you. It's just hard to say exactly how he's going to the uh, you know, the the exactly the way he develops into what he's eventually going to be. Ronald Acuna, he's batting two eighty nine. He has twenty four homers and twenty two doubles and eleven steals in eighty eight games. Uh, here's your article of the day. It's on CBSSports.com. It is about clutch hitting among MVP candidates in both the NL and the American League. And um, quite surprising, Mike Trout's numbers in clutch situations. You should look that up. Read that article. It is very cool. I want to talk about a couple of infielders who are having awesome seasons, Scott. Trevor Story, three home runs yesterday. He is the number four shortstop in points, number three in Roto. Batting 298 with 31 homers and the 25 steals. Ridiculous. Like, who saw that coming? Nobody. And then Nobody. We'll, we'll I... talk about Scooter Jeanette as well. But, let, yeah, let's talk about Story. Holy cow, what a year he's having. Yeah, the steals are the big surprise, obviously. But the biggest key for me in terms of is this sustainable, is he uh, somebody you can expect to be a stud shortstop again next year, is just the improvement he's made in terms of making contact. He was a horrendous strikeout hitter his first two years in the majors, and I think that had us a lot of us fearing that the numbers he put up last year were closer to uh, what you could expect the baseline to be for Story than his rookie season, where obviously he had that crazy home run stretch at the start of his career. But now his strikeout rate is pretty close to average, and uh, what he's done, he's done... Um, in in a way that seems plausible, especially when you consider where he plays his home games. Now, yeah. am I going to count on him for 30 steals next year? I don't know, but you at least know it's it's something he's capable of doing now. Uh, what's what's funny is he might be the first 30-30 man. If he can get five more steals, he'll be the first 30-30 man since uh, since 2012, I think I saw last night. Wow. Ryan Braun and Mike Trout both did it that year. It's been a while. Yeah, now, Mookie Betts might get there as well. He's a 29 and 27. And uh, let me see where Trout is. I don't think Trout has quite the steals to get there. Yeah, he's 31 and 22. So Trout's probably not going to get there. But Betts could and, and Story could. That's really interesting. And, you know, with Story, I guess you could say he had a sophomore slump. And... uh you know, you know, and he is so good at home, so that that does really help give him a little bit of a floor, a high floor. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm with these segments. I'm not just talking about this year, but who's next year? You know, like who's someone that had a great rookie year? Terrible doesn't necessarily have to be rookie. Great one year, terrible the next year. People may have gave up on him a little bit, and he came comes back and uh, and has a great season. I'm not sure. I maybe Gary Sanchez. We'll see where he falls. Uh, in drafts next year. Well, we'll see what he's playing next year. Yeah, we, yeah. I, my goodness. I tweeted that last that. night. Like, next year better be his last year with catcher eligibility. Like, that guy cannot catch. It, uh, he he actually cannot catch. He right. He's just missing ball. Like, four in the first inning from Luis Severino, right? Four. He just didn't catch them. Yeah, it's true. It was, and two of them were ruled wild pitches. Amazing. And they just weren't. Like, their pass ball. I mean, how long has this been going on? Because I don't remember this being a, a oh, topic that came last year. It was bad last year, but it's worse this yeah. year. No question, yeah. it's worse. Um, yeah, it, it's embarrassing. And uh they got such a logjam. So he should DH. 
What do you need? You need 20 appearances at a position to carry it over to the following year? Yes. So he should like DH most of the time and catch every five days or something, and that will give him catcher eligibility in 2020. But, well, uh, if he's doing what he did yesterday, I mean, he can't. That's just not, that's not professional, you know? That's yeah. not professional level catching. You can't Pretty do bad. that. Pretty bad. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know how he gets it turned around, but I, I don't know what the Yankees do the rest of this year, to be perfectly honest, because they, you can't have that. It's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, I suppose without Aaron Judge, they could. No, they, no, they're using Stanton as the DH now that, uh, I, I know there's a lot of theorizing that maybe he could be the Yankees' first baseman. Do you think, do you think, Adam, that the Yankees are going to sign Manny Machado this offseason? Um, cause I gotta figure they're the, kind of, the front runners going into the offseason. And so what would that mean for Miguel Andahar? Oh, he's as bad a fielder as Gary Sanchez, Scott. I know, I know. So, my point being, they, they can't trade. stick both of them at first base. They gotta make a trade. Maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the solution. Um, more on Severino, who was possibly affected by Gary Sanchez last night. Not, not so much in my opinion. Uh, later. Scooter Jeanette homer twice on Tuesday. Going into Wednesday's game, he was the number five second baseman in points, number three in Rodo. One of the best calls Scott made. He loved Scooter Jeanette. You know, take him as a late round pick. Nobody was really buying in. He had the four homer game last year, and then even after the four homer game, his numbers were terrific. So, um, yeah, Scooter Jeanette's pretty legit, no? Yeah, I think so. There have been some questions raised about his shoulder this year, and remember, he was in a he went into a pretty deep slump after the All Star break uh, that people were attributing to health. But clearly, he's fine now. Clearly. I mean, he's he had an awesome August off to a great start in September. And, yeah, two years of this, I think it's safe to assume it's who he is. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. And he had, he had some pedigree, right? He did. He did. He wasn't a nobody coming out of the minors. He wasn't like a top 100 caliber prospect. Uh, and I don't – he was one of those prospects – where I wasn't exactly sure what made him a prospect because he wasn't hitting for power in the minors. He didn't, obviously, his first couple years in the majors. Uh, I, I'd say it's a surprise that he's developed into the player he has. Scooter Jeanette or Ozzy Albies next year? I am inclined to say Jeanette. Okay. Uh, news and notes. The Nationals called up Victor Robles and the Padres called up Francisco Mejia. Did they matter? Probably not. Mejia has the better chance to. I could see him splitting starts with Austin Hedges down the stretch. And that's definitely a bat that could stand out at a thin position. Uh, obviously, there aren't a ton of players who play every day at that position. So every other day wouldn't be a huge stretch to think Mejia could matter. But Robles, I don't see it. I mean, they already have a full outfield unless they were going to bench Adam Eaton or decide Bryce Harper isn't worth playing since he's going to walk this offseason anyway. That That's obviously not realistic. So Robles will just make spot starts and not really contribute much. Danny Duffy is out for the season with a shoulder injury. Gio Gonzalez is replacing Junior Guerra in the Milwaukee rotation. I am an idiot. How did I not lead the show with this? I am sorry. Shohei Otani. Let's have an Otani. All right, let's do the rest of the news and notes, and then we'll have an Otani segment. I'm going to update the notes right now and put in 
Otani segments. Um, <laughs> Kenley Jansen will not pitch this weekend at Colorado. Who's your best bet for saves? It, I mean, it is three games at Colorado. It's not a huge priority, but hey, maybe you're in a head-to-head categories league daily, like I am. I have Kenley Jansen. Uh, what you? Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. Uh, Maeda. That's my. That's I can't my. think of his name. Kenta <laughs> Let Maeda. Let me find his name real quick. Go on to the next. Well, what about Kenta Maeda? You know his name. Uh, I do know his name. That wouldn't be my first. Alexander. Place, no, no. Sorry, this is bad. Eric this Gagne. is bad Eric podcasting Gagne. right here. This is a bad example. Of, okay, the answer I was thinking of was Dylan Floro. Oh, I never would have come up with that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I thought Maeda got a save a few days ago when Jansen wasn't available. He did. So oh. maybe it'd be him. But right. Floro pitches the eighth a lot, and I don't know. Who knows? It could be a different guy every day. They may not win a game they in may not. Series. Who knows? They may not. Michael Conforto has uh, been better against lefties than righties this year. Just wanted to bring that up. I sat him because he had lefties on the schedule. Uh, I don't know that that's the determination. He hasn't been very good if you look at the season-long line against either. But he homered off a lefty, I think, yesterday. Two days ago, maybe. Um, Yadi Molina left with a hamstring injury. Clint Frazier will not play for the Yankees this year due to concussion symptoms. Charlie Morton. Oh, Didi Gregorius will be back tomorrow. Charlie Morton's going to start against the Red Sox on Saturday. Starter sit Morton on Saturday. I'd always prefer to play it safe and bench him. And uh, I would guess most of the teams that are alive right now have alternatives there. So, yeah, let's say bench. Joe Ross is going to start tomorrow. Are you going to pick up Joe Ross for the Nats? The Nats? Uh, it would have to be a fairly deep league for me to devote a roster spot to him. I could, I could see him being somebody who, um, you know, if he has a good start, maybe we do think about streaming him down the stretch. I don't, obviously don't know what his matchups are, but, um, but yeah, at, at at his healthiest, and I don't believe he was healthy for the the time we saw him last year. Obviously, built leading up to the Tommy John surgery. Uh, but when he, when he's been healthy, the first two seasons of his career, he was like a mid threes ERA guy, good ground ball pitcher with uh, just a little under a strikeout per inning. So that's that's somebody who could be like a number five type in a standard mixed league. Joe Ross, all right, and Joe Madden said that it's you know probably not gonna. There's not that much time to get Brandon Morrow back, is what he said. So it looks like Strope is definitely the leader. He got a save yesterday. He's been not giving up a ton of runs, but struggling a little bit lately. Pedro Strope is 62% owned. He's the guy. They, he might not get every save, but he's definitely the best guy to have in that bullpen. Um, Carlos Santana has now made three appearances at third base with Michael Franco out with a sore wrist. And Justin Bohr could play some first base, I guess. Uh, Zach Wheeler. Oh, this bothers me. Zach Wheeler, hopefully he's fine. He got hit by a comebacker on the chest. He stayed in the game. He's going to have a CT scan, um, but hopefully he's fine. All right, Scott, let's have a Shohei Otani segment. He homered twice yesterday. He's awesome. He started two of the last three games that they faced lefties, uh, and he needs Tommy John surgery. <laughs> well, that's that's the crazy thing yeah, because you're, yeah. you're kind of uh, – Concealing the timeline here. That's very Christopher Nolan of you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was announced yesterday afternoon that more damage was found in his UCL. Tommy John surgery has been recommended. Uh, it was announced a little after that. Oh, he's in the Angels lineup tonight. 
and he hasn't committed to when or if he's going to get Tommy John surgery. You're like, okay, well, uh, how long is this going to last, right? What's he, what's he honestly going to do if his elbow's that bad? He homers twice that night. Four hits overall. It's, it's the most Chuck Norris feat for any baseball <laughs> player this season, I feel like. You halfway expect, you know, Shohei Otani performed his own Tommy John surgery, like those kinds of things to start popping up. Um, because it's just, it's just so unbelievable what this guy can do when he's actually able to play. Uh, he's probably going to have Tommy John surgery. I don't know if it'll happen, if he'll give in before the end of the season or if he'll wait until the off season. It means either way, he's not going to pitch in the majors next season. But the big question is, will he play in the majors next season? I mean, position players only need like six months to return from Tommy John's surgery. That's that's the off season, basically. Glaber Torres had it last June and was pretty much a full go in spring training. Um, you know, they're not usually having to rehabilitate as a pitcher while that's going on. Uh, but you know, the Otani's a DH, so he doesn't need, he doesn't need to throw at all in, in actual gameplay. It's just side throwing that he'd be doing as he works his way back from the injury. So I, I'm thinking he probably will play pretty close to the beginning of next season and be close to a full-time DH, in which case the guy slugs 600, you know, um, the, the kind of exit velocities, he gets on the ball. I mean, he he hits it as hard as anyone. He it, it may actually make him a more productive hitter because he's not having to sit as yeah. often to rest up for his next start. You know, um, do the Angels have any idea how to deal with elbow injuries? Uh huh. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, they, they they're always they always seem so optimistic, and then it's just like. They should have. Well, yeah, they tried. They tried something unconventional with Garrett Richards, rather than subject him to Tommy John surgery, stem cell therapy, rest and rehabilitation, and you know it wasn't something a team had tried before on that level, and it seemed like it worked at first. I mean, he came back at the end of last season, started half of this season, but now he's out with Tommy John surgery himself, obviously. So it just delayed the inevitable, and he ended up missing. The better part of two seasons, now a half season, probably most of next season. Um, that's, that's why I think Otani, that, that's part of the reason why I think Otani absolutely will have Tommy John surgery, even though he hasn't committed to it himself because of their experience with Richards and they want to get him back as soon as possible. But the timing of it, the, the fact he's going to not really, like, what's the fastest a pitcher ever returns from Tommy John surgery? 12 months? So that would put him, if he had it today, coming back next September, which why even bother at that point? Just play it safe, give him another offseason. He's going to have two offseasons of rest before he has to pitch again, which is another reason why I think we can assume he's going to hit for the majority of next season because even if it slows down his rehabilitation, he's going to have another whole, whole nother offseason afterward to uh, to make up time. Yeah, and Chris Towers reminding me that they also delayed it with Andrew Heaney, Tommy John surgery, mm. at first. Um, all right, so that is the Shohei Otani segment, as promised. Scott, let's transition to a new segment. Well, an old segment. We haven't done it in a while. 
It's called, it's called, uh, uh, I hit the wrong button. It's called, there we go. At long last, it's called Fool, Fool You. Uh, yeah, we got fooled by three pitchers. Michael Kopech, Lucas Giolito, and Tyler Glass now. Each one worse than the last. Well, nobody <laughs> quite as bad as Glass now, yeah. So, Michael Kopech, seven runs in three and a third. This guy is the rainmaker. Every time he starts, there's a rain delay. Lucas Giolito, uh, four earned runs in an inning and a third. Against Detroit. And Tyler Glass now did not make it out of the first inning at Toronto yesterday. Gave up seven runs on five hits. Gross. Oh, man. What is really your take gross. on Kopek, Giolito, and Glass now? I mean, the worst part is they all had good matchups. Yes. I mean, we were we were talking up Giolito the most we have had since spring training. With the way he had pitched I, recently I and the, the upcoming matchup against the Tigers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's just bad luck. I feel like if you started them in fantasy, I still think they have a lot of talent. They could be great the rest of the way. Uh, the most concerning, I think, to me was Kopech because he didn't have his usual velocity. He gave up four home runs, and he said he was, you know, he can't. He can't. He he said he pitched like he had a ninety-nine mile per hour fastball, and he didn't. Um. Oh, yeah. But that begs the question, why didn't he? Maybe it was the rain delay. Maybe. He wasn't blaming it on the rain delay. I don't know what the, so he pitched an inning and gave up a run. Pitched yeah. a scoreless inning, then there was a rain delay. Pitched another scoreless inning, then gave up six runs in the fourth. Yeah. It's hard to say. It is hard to say. Glass now, he just didn't seem to have his breaking ball. Uh, Kevin Cash said, it seemed like the Blue Jays were hunting the fastball and when you know what's coming. This is what happens. And as for Giolito, I mean, this jury's still out on Giolito, whether he's good or not. There were some encouraging signs in terms of uh, what his changeup was doing, his pitch selection, the swings and misses he was getting. But it's not he, – he's in a different class from these other two in terms of how much I trust or how much I believe in the upside. I think the thing with Giolito is that you look at his, like, previous, I don't know, 12 starts, and he had a pretty good overall number. But he had some really terrible starts in there, so yep. he's been able to bounce back from them. I mean, the la- he gave up seven runs on August eighth, and then after that, he threw four straight quality starts. So yeah, it was much better peripherally. The what we'd seen from Giolito was better peripherally than in terms of like ERA, which was still, uh, you know, around four. So the question is, the- do you trust them next week? Because Glass now may have two starts. One of them would be against Cleveland. The other one maybe Oakland, and those are two tough matchups. Yep. Um, Lucas Giolito would be at Kansas City and at Baltimore. Those are great matchups. Michael Kopech would be at Kansas City. Um, <laughs> I, I tell you, I, you know, I, I have a playoff team in the podcast league and of, of all the playoff teams right now, all the people that are listening, any of you that still have a team in the playoffs, I have the worst pitching staff of all of all the thousands of us. My podcast league pitching staff is worse than all of yours. So I am going to start Lucas Giolito, especially if he makes two starts next week. Yeah, I mean, I'd be, I'd have a hard time sitting any of them given their matchups. Well, Glass now, Cleveland and Oakland. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the fact that he's making two starts and, and, you know, the first six with the Rays were really good. Yeah. That's, 
I would rank them in terms of how likely I'd be to start them. I'd rank Glass now first. Um, then probably Giolito and Kopech. Maybe flip those two in a categories league as opposed to a points league. So Giolito and points, Kopech and categories. But, I mean, most likely if I own them, I'm starting all three. Scott, let me tell you the most overpriced thing on earth. Razor blades. Oh my god, holy cow! People play way too much to razor blades, and razors for that matter. And Harry's Razors is here to help. Harry's.com slash FBT. Get your special offer in your special trial set. Harry's.com slash FBT. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash FBT. Harry's founders, they were fed up with overpaying for expensive razors with unnecessary features. They knew that great shaves come down to great blades made with sharp, durable steel that lasts. So they bought a factory... And they've been making some of the highest quality blades in the world for over 95 years and selling directly to you over the internet. And Harry's can offer their blades at prices much lower than the leading brand. How about $2 per blade? The leading brands will get you $4 a blade per, a blade per, or more. So you're saving a ton of money and you're getting a great shave. I really love my Harry's razors. In fact, I was home, uh, for the, for the telethon that we did for fantasy football today and forgot my razor. I, I traveled home to Florida. But, you know, it's my parents' house, so I have some backup stuff there. I opened a drawer. Please, please, please. Yes, there it is. I had a Harry's razor uh, that I kept at my parents' house. I was so happy. I got a great shave. I went on camera. I looked good. I looked sharp. I felt good. I used the uh, shave gel. It's got a great smell. My wife loves it. Uh, I think you're going to really love Harry's razors, everybody. So ordinarily, it's very inexpensive. A $13 value trial set. You can get that for a discount at harrys.com slash fbt. Get your razor handle, your five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, your shave gel, and your travel blade cover. Listeners can go get redeem that trial set at harrys.com slash fbt. Again, harrys.com slash fbt. Support the show. Support Harry's razors. Support your face, everybody, and go make it happen. Man, that was a long read, but I got very excited Ooh. talking about Harry's razors. I really do you love sure it. You sure did. I really do. Yeah, 95 years. Well, that's how long, I, I can't that's imagine how, they were selling them over the internet. No, I think on. that's that's how long the factory's been open. Okay. Yeah. Um, more than 95 years. In the bullpen, Adam Adovino got a save. Wade Davis was unavailable. Don't worry about it. But we've seen Jordan Hicks and Carlos Martinez get saves in the last two days. Hicks, one out save. Martinez, two inning save. What's your take on that situation? My take is they're eventually going to go back to Bud Norris. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think uh I think they're just pulling back a while. I don't I don't think they're gonna make Carlos Martinez the full time closer. I mean look, I could be wrong, I'm just guessing, but um but yeah, that's my guess. AJ Minter has been struggling lately. He uh gave up a home you think he's in any danger, AJ Minter? No, no, because yeah, I mean, the, the, the real goat yesterday in the Braves bullpen was Dan Winkler. Yeah. That would be the most likely option to replace him. When you say goat, you're not talking about greatest of all time. I, I know, like, I, I, I hate how that's happened. Ah. My whole life, goat meant was like, you know. The scapegoat, yeah. Yeah. Right. Bad. It's, it's, it is bad. It's like how bad was a good thing for a while, like in the early nineties, you know, who's Oh, bad? he's so bad. Yeah. 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 Right. Totes. Uh, Dellen Batances is, it really looks like he's the closer. It, more often than not, at least. 
So, yeah. Um, more stuff from around baseball. Double dongs! Not all of the double dongers from the last two games, but here are a few. Marcelo Zuna. I dropped him in the podcast league uh, last week. I picked him up just in case because he had four hits yesterday. They were all singles. But two home runs on Tuesday, four hits yesterday. Ozuna's 96% owned. Uh, you gotta watch playing time there. Kevin Kiermeyer and Matt Adams homered twice. Scott, any interest in them? Matt Adams started five of seven, but all seven of those games were against righties. So there doesn't seem to be a lot of predictability there. Obviously they're moving, they're having to play Carpenter at third base when they start Adams. Just, he still seems like a deep league option. Uh, and who was the other one? Kevin Kiermeyer. Kevin Kiermeyer. Ah, uh, Kevin Kiermeyer. I can't get suckered into that at this stage of the season. I've already wasted enough time on him. Time for the rotation. Well, it's Thuriometer Thursday, Scott. What's your Thuriometer on Luis Severino? Gave up five earned runs in two and two-thirds. I mean, he didn't get a lot of help from his battery mate, right? I He didn't. Yeah, he still has no slider. Well, I mean, he had been pitching better, right? I mean, against the White Sox. He has one quality start in his last five. But a lot of strikeouts and uh, eh, two quality starts in his past six. So it really was like it leading into this start, it was a five-start stretch where he looked pretty good. But all the matchups were very favorable. Exactly. um, And he wasn't going six innings. I, I, who's he facing next week? You have that information? At Minnesota. Yeah, it's still starting. Yeah, I'll probably start him too. I, I imagine he'll be throwing to Austin Romine. By the way, I, uh, I hope so. He had been throwing to Austin Romine so frequently, Scott, that apparently he didn't have the signs with Gary Sanchez right. That was the problem. Oh, they got their signs crossed, yeah, huh? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, right. So we're all blaming Gary Sanchez when Luis is just as much to blame. No, he pitched very poor. Yeah. I mean, I was watching it, and my blood was boiling. He, It's just weird. <laughs> Honestly, it, it, I, you know, you see sometimes where, a, where a, a pitch abandons a pitcher for a little while, but this has really gone on a long time where I just I think his slider is just missing. You know, it came back briefly for like one start, but maybe maybe more, but really he's for two months I'd say is pitching without his best pitch. Robbie Ray had a great start at San Diego. He will be at Colorado and at Houston next week. How do you feel about that with Robert Ray? I like him against San Diego more. Uh I don't think he's must start with those matchups. It's been so inefficient this year, so many walks and, and his homer prone going to course field, that can't be a good thing. You know, points league, I might do it just because anybody who you halfway trust is worth using with two starts in that format. But otherwise, you know, maybe if I was trying to make up ground and strikeouts, I'd chance it in a categories league, but otherwise probably not. Sean Newcomb. Sean Newcomb uh, got crushed by the Red Sox. Not a surprise. Four terrible starts in his last five. The only good one was at Miami. He'll be at Arizona this weekend, I believe. You know, it's a little iffy with rotations these days, but, but I mean, are you ready to drop Sean Newcomb? Yes, I am. And I'm wondering, I'm, I'm working on a piece. It's taking me forever, which I'm sure Chris just loves, but (laughs) (laughs) 30 bold predictions for next season. And they're meant to be, you know, they're, they're meant to push the limits of plausibility. 
they're not to be taken totally seriously, but just to make you think a little, you know? Mm-hmm. And one of them is that Sean Newcomb doesn't make the rotation out of spring training because the Braves have so many young arms who are going to be competing for basically one spot. Uh, Sean Newcomb, sure he has upside. He has more experience than a lot of those guys, but at this point it's, it's looking like some pretty mediocre experience. His FIP is worse than it was last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too many bad starts for Newcomb. Are you getting at all concerned about Miles Michaelis? His last three starts, he has given up 32 hits and 10 earned runs with one walk and 10 strikeouts. But 32 hits and 10 earned runs in 16 and a third. I wondered for a while now if the other shoe was going to drop for Michaelis. And I don't know if this is it. Like, I don't think he's going to be bad. But he has a 288 BABIP even after all the hits he's allowed these past three starts, which is obviously still low. He's an extreme ground ball pitcher who doesn't miss a lot of bats. And while being a great ground ball pitcher and being a great control pitcher too, you know, while you can keep the ERA down that way, you are going to give up a lot of hits. You are probably going to have a whip on the high side. You know, he's still must own. He's still, He's not somebody I'm necessarily looking to bench, but I think he, I think he's pitched over his head most of this season. I think he's more of a, a back end mixed league starter than, uh, a front end one. That's Miles Michaelis, but you're still going to start him. He's got Pittsburgh next week, maybe a two star week with the Dodgers. I probably will. Okay. But I did at least look at my options. And Mike Fires. All right, Mike Fires. Like I said, I, Wait, I watched. Did I, did I say? Did, I forget what your question was. I'd, I'd probably start Michaelis next. Yeah, week. yeah, yeah. You said that. Okay, I'm pretty sure. I, I wasn't sure if you asked me what I sent him or start him, but yeah. I really felt like Mike Fires must have had a rabbit's foot around his neck, wrapped in a four-leaf clover. Like this guy <laughs> was so lucky. He pitched great last night. He didn't give up the two runs until the seventh inning. He pitched six plus innings, gave up two runs on three hits against the Yankees. But I thought he was just so lucky. But what am I supposed to do? I mean, at this point, I know his previous start was terrible, but he, he's got a 336 ERA this year. And he's at Baltimore next week, so I'm going to start fires there. But I don't yeah. know, I don't know what to say anymore. Well, I, I mean, how many, how many years are we going to do this with bike fires? It's a long stretch though. I know. Well, that's, that's, that's what he's always done. But when... he's going to end the year with an ERA in, in the threes. Like he doesn't do that. Well, last he did year it, it was in 522. 2012, he did it in 2015. Like every third year he does okay, it. Okay, he's cheaper than Every creepers. third year he has a long enough stretch of this kind of production. I mean, the FIP is normal, you know? I, like I said, well, like I've, 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 I've always said when we get lured into Mike Fires, um, he can be, he can command his pitches so well when he's on. That he can look like an ace, but if if he's just a little off, he has starts like he did last time out, and I I don't think it's the kind of thing he can sustain forever. But he has shown he can sustain it for months at a time. So you can look you on know, use, it, use it for now, but don't trust him. I mean, oh. I'm not going to rank him especially high going into next season you know, if he finishes this year on a high note. I say a lot of things on this podcast that people probably like. Adam, you're stupid. You say you watch baseball. What are you, some scout? So I really felt last night that the Yankees were peppering the ball. And and he got so lucky. 
So I'm going to use Fangraphs to back me up. You know what his hard contact rate was last night? 70, Fires? 73%. Mark Fires. 73%. And he gave up two runs in six plus innings. Mike Fires. Mike Fires. Mike Fires. That's ridiculous. I was right. He got, he, they hit that crap out of the ball. And all year long, his, his hard contact rate is high. All right. That's your rotation. We got more pitchers to talk about. Fringies. Yeah, a lot of them here. All right. Andrew Heaney was okay. Gave up two home runs. Four runs in six innings against the Rangers. At the Rangers. Tough place to pitch. Uh, Nick Pavetta, hard to trust. Hard to trust. At Miami, he couldn't even get you five innings. He'll be against Washington next week. Mike Miner, another good. Last 13 starts, he has a 313 ERA and a 200 Babbitt. Okay, so you're mixing. I got kind of confused here. You're mixing Wednesday and Tuesday starts yes. here. Okay. So I said, I said, we got two days of baseball to talk about, Scott White. You did. You did. I just forgot. Well, we got Heaney, we got Pavetta, we got Miner, Musgrove. Why don't we do part one and part two? That'll be part one. Those four, first four. Okay. Um, Heaney, Pavetta, Miner, and Musgrove. Who do you like? For rest of this season, I like Musgrove number one. Believe it or not. He has been, he's, he's been, he's the top strike thrower in the majors. Nobody has wow. a better strike percentage than Joe Musgrove. And lately he's been getting a lot of whiffs too. So that, that looks like a, a formula for, for big upside. Musgrove one, Heaney two, Pavetta three. I wonder if he only threw four innings yesterday because the innings are starting to catch up to him. I, I know they needed a pinch hitter too, but I wondered if that factored into the decision making. And then Mike Miner fourth. I really don't understand how he's succeeding. <laughs> okay. Uh, next up, we got John Gant, Alex Cobb, Wade LeBlanc, Derek Rodriguez. He's actually 80% owned. And he had a great start at Colorado. Speaking of, I don't know how he's succeeding. Uh, Joey Lucchese, pitching well lately. Jaime Berea, Brad Keller, Wade Miley, um, Gantz, Cobb, LeBlanc, Derek Rodriguez, Lucchese, Berea, Keller, Wade Miley. So I definitely want Rodriguez in a, in a mixed league. Like he's, he's must own in a mixed league. He, he isn't this good, but he's good enough that you can certainly count on, rely on him when he's, he's as hot as he is. Um, the only other one, you know what? I, I don't think any of the others are must own in a mixed league. The one I'd come closest to rostering is probably Brad Keller because he has, he has the most impressive single skill of any of these pitchers, which is getting a ton of ground balls. And it's led to a good ERA in a way that, you know, might might be halfway sustainable. Yeah, I added Keller in our podcast league. He might be a two-star pitcher next week. His, if he makes one start, it'll be against the White Sox. Keller has gone seven or more innings in three of his last five starts. He's got five straight starts, allowing two or fewer earned runs. So innings and fewer earned runs, that's great in a points league. You're not going to get a ton of strikeouts, that's for sure. But he's got the White Sox, and he might have the Twins as well. So good matchups for him. Let's check in on some hitters. Max Muncy, Scott. What are we, how are we feeling about Max Muncy? He is still 93% owned. And the Dodgers have just faced a ton of lefties lately. Six of their last 12 games have had a lefty starter. Um, he homered against the Mets. Two home runs in his last four games. But I don't know. Overall, how are you feeling about Muncy? I, I hate what they've done to Muncy. Because I love Max Muncy. And 
I'm not sure he isn't their best offensive player. It's hard to say that now with Manny Machado there. Yeah, I am now sure. I am sure of, that he is now not their off, best offensive player with Manny Machado there. Well, my point is, I, I, I don't. Yes, Manny Machado is their best offensive player, but Max Muncy isn't so far behind him that you can't at least make the argument. Right. But I mean, they're not playing him enough for him to have that kind of impact in fantasy, and I don't. You know, it's been going on basically since the All-Star break. Yeah, you know, if, if he's keep got... Keep him around in daily leagues, but otherwise yeah. I don't think he needs to be that owned. Yeah, if he's got nothing but righties next week, then maybe you stick with Muncie. They just have faced a ton of lefties lately. Uh, as Drupal Cabrera, three home runs, 333 batting average in his last five games going into yesterday's game. Um, well, how about this? I'm going to give you three middle infielders, and I want you to rank them for me. As Drupal Cabrera, Andrelton Simmons, who did homer yesterday, but he's been terrible since the All-Star break. Um, and Jonathan VR. As Drupal Cabrera, Andrelton Simmons, Jonathan VR. I will go, uh, Andrelton Simmons as Drupal Cabrera and Jonathan VR. No! Sorry. I hate it. Um, okay. How, how would you do it, Adam? Considering we don't have much time left in the season, I would take Simmons in a points league one, then VR, then Cabrera. In a roto okay. league, I would go VR, Simmons. No, VR, Cabrera, Simmons. I mean, Simmons. I mean, I can certainly understand VR if you're looking for steals specifically, because he has been running a lot. He's a top five second baseman since the Baltimore trade, since being traded to Baltimore. Yeah. Um, and he, he has nine steals in 32 games with Baltimore. Uh, Simmons, it's weird. You know, you love his plate discipline, but since the All-Star break, going into yesterday's game, I didn't update this, but going into yesterday's game, three walks, 18 strikeouts in 40 games since the All-Star break. I mean, yeah, you're not, in no case, been, but hasn't been walk. playing his best. Yeah. But, eh, he'll come around and, and be who he is. I mean, he's not a stud, but How he'll about come this, around and be uh, who he is. Man, you know what? Max Muncy, I'm thinking about it more. Like, he's so good against left-handers, too. That's that's what's so frustrating <laughs> about this. Like, I don't know what to do about him next year. Because obviously Machado's going to be gone. Dozier's going to be gone. Kemp's gone. Kemp will be gone, right? Kemp's gone. I, don't I sure know. hope they find an everyday job for Muncy next year. I don't know Kemp's contract situation, but he should. if he's not gone, he should at least be relegated to the bench. Um, alright, Deep League Scott, Framber Valdez for the Astros and Sandy Alcantara for the Marlins. Any interest? Uh, not in standard mixed leagues. They're both, you know, Al- Alcantara's a pretty good prospect, but one that I've been slow to come around to because of the strikeouts. I mean, really good stuff, but the strikeouts just haven't been there. Throughout his minor league career, Valdez has gotten strikeouts in his minor league career, but has been pitching five innings at a time for the Astros and uh, isn't a great control pitcher. I just I'm not ready to buy into him. And you'd rather have um, Je- Josh James? I mean, if he's pitching, I know he made one start. It seems like Valdez oh, right. is ahead of him in the pecking order. Yeah, Morton's better. But yeah, I think he's better. I think James is better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's take a look at today's matchups. Tomorrow we will talk. We'll have a mailbag because we only have four games tonight, and we'll look ahead to next week. And I don't know. We'll do some other fun stuff. Talk about the Eagles Falcons. Oh, you were pumped up for the Falcons tonight. I am. 
I am. Obviously, I, well, maybe not obvious to the listeners, but I do, I do most of my writing at nights now. Uh, so I can be at home with the kids during the day. Very super dad of me. Uh, but no, I, uh, yeah, I'll try to watch it while I'm working. Yeah, absolutely. I would, Very I would excited. Expect- Big Falcons fan. Yeah, let's go. Um, we got the Padres at the Reds. Eric Lauer, Luis Castillo. I will go with Castillo given the matchup and the start he just had. Although you know, it's been rare this season, season that he strung together two starts like that in a row. Got to do it against the Padres. Kyle Hendricks at Steven Strasburg. I'll roll the dice on both. Shane Bieber at Sam Gavilio. Let's go with the Biebs. Let's do the Biebs. Anibal Sanchez at Zach Greinke. Both. The Biebs is interesting. 78% owned. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I have trouble trusting him. But, uh, Man, all right, Scott. Like, it's not, his I, last, I understand. His last two starts have been at Kansas City and home against Tampa Bay. And in both of those starts, Bieber gave up four and runs and five and a third. Yeah. Yeah, I, I understand, but he is really efficient, throws a lot of strikes. I, I think that gives him a high floor and enough of a ceiling that uh, unless the matchup's just awful, I'm probably going to run him out there. You happy with that? I'm doing that thing that good, no. inter- good interviewers do where they just sit silently to make the subject speak more and answer a question. Oh, further. wow. Yeah, so that's what I was doing. Was my answer insufficient? No, it was very good. It was very good. I 60 minutes <laughs> to you. All right, that's Scott White. I'm yeah, out of Azer. If you have a question, send us an email, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Please put baseball podcast in the subject line. Got a ton of football podcasts coming in the inbox, so that would help us out. Fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We'll answer it tomorrow. See you later.